Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, we've been going through the Gospel of Luke and we've entitled our journey through the Gospel of Luke, Earthwalk, as we look at the earthly walk of Jesus Christ. And, and hopefully over the last, really the last year we've been doing this. And we probably have enough, we're only up to chapter 9, it's only been a year. So we've got yet to go and journey and to understand who he is. And we're really coming to a crucial point now. We've Up to this point, we've seen his ministry in northern Galilee. We've seen Jesus, the healer. We've seen Jesus who has compassion on folks that others don't have compassion on. We've seen Jesus come in conflict with the self-righteous, moral people. And all the while he's asking the question, Luke is provoking us with the question, who is this Jesus? Who is he? Who is he that he demands a response from me? Who is this Jesus? And do you have faith? Do you have trust? And do you believe in him? And again, that word believe is not just mentally know about him. It's a heartfelt commitment towards him because you recognize who he is. And so we come to this part in chapter 9. And this really, when we look at these verses, verses 18 through 22, I want you to mark this down in your mind if you want to mark it down in your paper. This is the turning point in the gospel. This is where Jesus' ministry changes in the gospel. This is where he begins to reveal why he's really here. This is where he begins to challenge them. Do you really know who I am? And so this is a crucial point even for you and I. Where we begin to recognize that Jesus is something more than what the world says he is. And we've got to make a decision about it. So again, we're going to look at two questions kind of focus on the two questions. These are two questions that we've talked about before. But again, let's kind of let me refresh your memory. First of all, who is Jesus that he demands a response? So who's this Jesus? Because I'm going to be honest with you folks, Jesus demands a response from us. Now, you can do one of two things. You could say, well, you know, I don't really care. Well, that's a response. That's a no. I don't need you, Jesus. Or the response can be, yeah, I, I see who you are. Yeah. And I need to acknowledge you. And then the second question is, do you have faith or trust in him? I mean, if he is who he says he is, do you trust him? Do you have faith in him? Even when the world turns upside down, do you have faith and trust in him? What do you mean the world turns upside down? Folks, you don't have to live very long. In the 20, almost 26 years of being a follower of Jesus Christ, I have realized stuff. And here's what I've realized. Junk happens. Terrible things happen. Tragedies happen. Suffering happens. doesn't happen once in a while. happens a lot. That is the world in which we live in. And what gets me through, what gets me through, the stuff that happens is Jesus. Do you trust Him? Who is this Jesus that he demands a response from us? Do you have faith and trust in him? That's reality. 
And today, we're going to be faced with a question because the disciples were faced with the very same question. And folks, I don't, you know, I don't know where we're all at here. I know some of you, I know where some of you are at. Either way, you know where you're at because, you know, we're good actors. We can look and play the part. But you know where you really are at, whether or not you really believe him or not. And, and so we've got to really wrestle with the question, who is he? And that's what Jesus wants us to be confronted with. So I want you to notice with me, we're just going to look at these five verses here today and kind of grasp what it's saying here. So notice with me what it says. It happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him and he asked them, saying, Who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered and said, John the Baptist, but some say Elijah. And others say that one of the old prophets has risen again. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said, The Christ of God. And he strictly warned them and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Folks, we're going to take this few verses here and we're going to divide it into two sections here. We're going to see, first of all, the issue of his identity. We're trying to answer that question, who is this Jesus? And so Jesus is bringing this issue up for us. He's going to talk about his identity and then we're going to look at the issue of his mission. So let's kind of look at those two sections together today and hopefully we can gain some kind of conclusion and hopefully you can. First thing I want you to see is he really looks at the issue of his identity and brings that out to us here. Luke brings that out to us here in this passage. Look with me at verse 18. There's something key that happens here before this whole discussion happens. Luke is setting the stage. He says this, and it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him. So I want you to notice, first of all here, that Jesus did not arbitrarily reveal his identity. Jesus is in full control here. And so as he's communing with the Father, I don't think it's a coincidence that the disciples just come along and meet with him while he's praying, and then he asks these questions that we're going to look at here in a moment. I think Jesus, in, in the plan of God, in the purpose of God, and we're going to see why that is in a moment, is revealing to them challenging them to really focus on the reality of who he is. It's not arbitrary. Folks, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I've said this before. Here's the reality. A lot of you are here today. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not chance that you're here. God brought you here. Now you can say, well, I'm the one who decided to come. Whatever. He brought you here. And this is not a chance Sunday and a chance message because he wants you to be confronted with a question. Who is he? This isn't arbitrary. He wants to challenge you. Listen to me, folks, whether you've been going to church all your life or you just started to come to church, he wants you to be confronted with the reality of who he is. This is reality. This is rubber meets the road Christianity. It's not arbitrary that you're here. It's not arbitrary that he said to them, 
these questions. So let's look at these questions. Look at what they are. The first thing he says is they are to consider the speculation about him. They're to consider the speculation about Jesus. Look at what he says, verse 18. He says, you know, here they come. He's praying. They join him. Jesus then says to them, so, so guys, who do the crowds say that I am? I mean, first of all, Jesus already knows what the crowds are, but he's asking a provoking question to get them to think. And so listen to some of the responses. I mean, think about it. I mean, this is almost harebrained. I mean, one of the responses they answered and said, John the Baptist. Now, come on. I mean, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. How could he be John the Baptist? But that's what people are thinking. Here's what some say, Elijah. Because back in that time, you know, Elijah, if you know from the Old Testament, was taken up. He didn't die. God took him immediately with him on a chariot of fire, the Scripture says. So he never died. So this, the, the rumor was, the, the tradition was that, that Elijah would return. And so they're thinking, this is Elijah, returned. And here's the other thing. It says here that, or one of the old prophets has risen again. So there's a speculation about him. And so he wants them to consider what the speculation is. Folks, you need to consider what the speculation is. And it's real popular right now to talk about Jesus. Just watch the Discovery Channel. Just watch the History Channel. Have you noticed how many shows there are that are talking about Jesus? And, and they're all talking about Jesus, the great moral teacher, or, or Jesus, the pathetic figure from, from history that was wrongly crucified. Or Jesus, the enlightened one, and, and, and all of these different things that are out there. Everybody's, there's a lot of speculation out there about who he is. And it's really good for us to consider it because you really need to wrestle with who he is. Now some of you say, well, I've known him for years. Yeah, but it's still good for you to wrestle. It's still good for you to consider afresh who he is because the reality is is you can get comfortable. You can get comfortable with who he is and then you drift apart. You say, what are you talking about? It's like marriage, folks. You know, you've got to consider afresh who your spouse is, don't you? Because if you don't consider afresh who your spouse is, guess what? I mean, you can just get comfortable with the status quo, but all of a sudden you realize, we're not talking to each other anymore. We're grunting at each other. And the reality is, is that you need to consider afresh who he is. And so the reality is, you've got to consider what the speculation is and what you believe about him. So they're to consider it. So here's the point. Look with me. Verse 20, he says, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Here's what Jesus is saying. Okay, you're telling me what everybody else is saying. That's great. I asked you the question. You answered it. But that's not good enough. What do you say? What do you say? I mean, friends, it's a disarming question. I remember 1987, I was uh, made the decision that I wanted to go to Liberty University to study the Bible. I'd already did two years at the University of South Carolina and decided that God was calling me into ministry. So I decided I wanted to go there. And so the associate pastor from my home church took me to Lynchburg to look at the school. I'd already applied. I'd been accepted. And we were staying in the house of an elderly gentleman who would become my mentor. He was an old Nazarene preacher. He was in his 70s at that time. 
And I remember we got to the door, knocked on the door, and Mr. Gleason met us at the door, and the first thing he says to me is, George, it is nice to meet you. How do you know that God is alive today? That's a disarming question, folks. I mean, I was 21 years old at that time. I'm trying to think of some theological answer. That's not the issue. He's, He's asking me, what does Jesus mean to you today, George? This is the same kind of question. Jesus is saying there, guys, what do they say about me? And they're like, oh, well, you know, John the Baptist, you're Elijah, you know. Well, what do you think? Folks, he's asking that same question of you and I. And it doesn't, if it takes you a long time to figure it out, then there's something wrong. Who is Jesus to you? Who is he? And Peter immediately because that's, kind of, that's the kind of guy who Peter is. He's, he just speaks up. You've got to love him. Christ of God. The other gospel said, well, you know what, Peter, that wasn't revealed to you. That was revealed from heaven to you. You didn't just figure that one out on your own. See, that's the reality. You've got to come to, to a place where you have to make a decision about Jesus, and you have to decide right now afresh, who is he? Is he, is he who he says he is, or is he not? Some of you, that's a crucial question here today. Because some of you, you're going through some junk right now. You know you are. Nobody else knows about it because you kept it quiet. Maybe it's a home situation that's not good. Maybe it's a financial difficulty. Maybe it's even a health issue. But you're going through some junk right now, and you're really wrestling, and you're really struggling. And and I'm going to be honest with you, the question comes down to, what do you believe about Jesus? And I'm going to be honest with you, theology is not going to get you there. Just knowing facts about God is not going to get you there. It's knowing Him that will get you there. It's knowing who He is. He's God of God, King of kings, Lord of lords. And even if it gets dark, I'm going to trust you, Jesus. Who is He? Can you say like Peter, He's the Christ? The Messiah of God? God's Messiah, basically is what He's saying there. And so, they were to answer the question themselves. Folks, you've got to answer that question yourself. So it's interesting now. We get to verse 21, 22. And so here he is. He's saying, I'm it. But he immediately changes to talk about what his mission is. Look with me what it says. And he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Folks, what we're going to see here, number one, Jesus clearly states his purpose. This is a turning point in this book. At this point now, he is telling them, this is why I'm here. This is my purpose, folks. I am going to be betrayed I'm going to be mocked, I'm going to be scourged, I'm going to be beaten, I'm going to be crucified, but on the third day I'm rising again. Now I want you to understand something here. This is where Jesus is at. He's being realistic with them because they're not being realistic. Because here's what happens. When you decide who God is, when you decide who Jesus is, and if He is who He really says He is, you have a trap that you can fall into immediately. And believe me, folks, a lot of us fall into this trap. 
We fall into this trap that, oh yes, Jesus is it. Everything's going to be wonderful from here on out. And, woo, we're along for the ride. That's the attitude of the disciples. The disciples, because look, they've been anticipating the Messiah. In their mind, they had a wrong concept of the Messiah. The Messiah was supposed to come and make things right. The Messiah was supposed to come and overthrow the Romans. The Messiah was supposed to beat up the bad guys and make the good guys shine. The Messiah was supposed to come and everything would be perfect. And so here they are at this crucial moment. He says, guys, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Messiah. Here's what Jesus says. Don't you dare tell anybody. Because here's what's going to happen to me. I'm going to suffer and die. But on the third day, I'm going to rise again. See, here's the reality. He states his purpose. You say, what has that got to do with us, George? Look, you can get an unrealistic expectation of God in your Christian walk. You better believe it. Because we have a tendency to lie to each other in the church. And we have a tendency to say that God wants us all to be happy. That everything's going to go rosy and sweet. You just need to trust in Jesus and He'll get you through it. Folks, it doesn't work that way. Because the reality is, is bad stuff still does happen. But who are you clinging to? So he stayed, he clearly states his purpose. And here's the next thing. Jesus understands what will happen to him. You know, one of the things that's out there today, some scholars feel that Jesus had no clue what was going to happen to him. Jesus had no, no understanding of what was going to happen to him. Folks, he knew from the very beginning what was going to happen to him. I mean, he says it right here in this passage. Look with me. Look at what it says there. Verse, verse 22 He says very clearly what's going to happen to him. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. He knew immediately what was going to happen. Now some folks say, well, you know, it's just the disciples. They're saying that Jesus said that because, you know, they're writing after he died. This is, you know, maybe you're here and you feel that way. I'm going to be honest with you. No, that ain't true. Because what we're going to see is is that even though he says this, they're oblivious. They don't see it. In fact, the other Gospels will come along and say that Peter immediately rebukes him. And says, no, this can't be true. And Jesus has to rebuke him. Jesus understands completely what's going to happen to him. Which brings me to the third point. I want you to look at that verse with me. There's a key word there. Saying, the Son of Man must suffer. That's the key word. If you want to circle that word, circle that word. Must. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus states that this is God's design. The English language doesn't bring it out, but the word there, must, in the Greek, is the word dia, D-E-I, from which we get our word deity. The word must there actually means by design. 
he understands, he states that what is going to take place, his rejection, his suffering, his, his death, and his resurrection, being raised on the third day, was by God's design, folks. God intended it from the very beginning. You know, we just a few just a months ago we celebrated Christmas and we had a big deal and you know everybody you know we tried to not gain the weight during that time but some of us did and some of us tried not to and we had the celebration and whatever and family time and everything and celebrating Christmas. But my folks, the Christmas, the reason why He came, the reason why He's living and making the earth walk is because of one thing only: the cross. He had to suffer and die. Now here's the reality. Why would be the question that pops up in your mind. Here's the answer. Us. You see why this is the turning point? Jesus is saying, who am I? And the answer is, you're the Messiah. You're God's Messiah. You're, you're it. Yeah, I'm it. Here's why I'm here. Do you see what the passage is saying? Who am I? The Messiah. Yeah, you did good. Here's why I'm here. Here's why I'm here. I'm here to be rejected by the authorities. I'm here to be tortured. I'm here to be executed in the most cruel and inhumane way. For you! But on the third day, I'm going to rise again. Do you see what he's here for? Let's be honest. You know, as, as, as I think about it, even as I'm preaching about it right now, I mean, I had this thought just burst into my mind. It's like, George, have you thought about what you just said? George, have you considered what Jesus is saying? That he said, I'm here for this, and it's because of you, George? You? Have you thought about that? You know what the honest answer is? I go throughout my days, every day I talk to Jesus... You know, I spend my time in the Word, and, and it doesn't hit me. It doesn't hit me what He did for me, what He did for me. Has it hit you? He came for you and I. That's awesome, isn't it? Let's wrap this up. Three thoughts. This question is for everybody here, because you, you know you could sit here and say, you know, okay, George's going to ask those questions, but some of them are okay, some of them are not. Some are most of them for everybody else but me. Now, this question here today is for every one of us, whether you know Jesus or not, whether you've been going to church since you were little, or you just started coming. You've been going to church for years. Whatever, you need to you gotta you gotta answer this question and here it is. Have you wrestled with the question about Jesus? Have you wrestled? 
Now, that word wrestle is key. I picked it for a key reason because I, I could have said, have you thought about the question of Jesus? Because, you know, you could think about it and, you know, we have a lot of thoughts today. You know, like today you decided, black socks or white socks? Glass of water, thirsty. I mean, you, you don't even give any thought to it. You think the thought because obviously you're doing the action but you didn't really ponder the thought. The word wrestle is key because it talks about really dealing with it. Mulling it over in your mind. Struggling with it. Is he who he says he is? Is he who he really is? What do I believe about him? If what he said, is it true? Is he who he really says he is? Is it what others say he is? It's really wrestling with it and struggling with it and coming to some sort of conclusion. Have you come to a conclusion? Have you wrestled with him? Have you wrestled with the question about Jesus? And that's true for every one of us here. Whether you've been going to church forever or not, you better come to a place where you've got to wrestle with him. The next thought is this. Who do you say that he is? Who is he? I mean, that's a great question. Don't let that one fly by and I'll think about that one later. You need to think about it now. Who is he? I mean, and really it's two choices. He's, he's either just that great moral teacher, he's that really nice figure and, and he's the reason why we celebrate Christmas and yay Christmas and the presents and the reason why we celebrate Easter wow the great meal and the Easter eggs and everything or are he's some pathetic figure from history blah 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 or he is who he says he is he's God who is he Now, let me explain something to you. That question cannot be answered with the words. You understand what I mean? Well, how do you answer it, George? I mean, it's either yes or no. Yeah, he is who he is. or he... No, no, no. That, that question is a kind of question that you can't answer with words because words uttered can be deceiving because you could say it with a word. Yes, I believe he is, but live a different way. See, that question is answered with how you live your life. Do you hear what I said? Because if he is who he says he is, it's going to affect me. It's going to change my whole outlook on life. It's going to, it's going to take it away from me as far as being in control and all of a sudden realizing somebody else is in control. And that's not a question you answer with just words. Because you can answer it with the right words and still not believe. It is a question of, does your life show it? And then finally, here's the final point. Embrace Him. Embrace Jesus. Recognize who He is. Yes, you are. You are the Christ of God. You are God's Messiah. And yes, I know you're coming and you're dying and you died for me that you rose again. 
And I embrace you. I embrace you for who you are. Some of you here need to do that. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.